Welcome to Travel Tips Tuesday with John Rogers. On today's show, you'll learn up-to-date, creative, and personal tips that will help you make your travel dreams a reality. Enjoy today's episode. Here's John. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another really fun episode of Travel Tips Tuesday. I'm John, and I'm with you once again to talk all things travel, mostly about Disney. Uh, We're going to share some Disney news tonight that was a little bit... Uh, disappointing at first to kind of think about. Uh, it did influence our topic for tonight, which is kind of neat. And, and I'll share with you my kind of personal opinion on, uh, on on the news that came out today as it relates to Disneyland out in California. However, we won't stay camped out there for long. Uh, we get into a lot of conversations about uh, Disney park attractions from, uh, you know, yesteryear ones that are no longer there, ones that are only in existence in some of the parks. We talk about food items in a number of different things. So we spent a lot of time reminiscing. Uh, it was a blast having this conversation. Thank you uh, to those of you that contributed to it. And uh, you're a vital part of this show just as much uh, as, as I am doing this each and every week. So thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, if you do feel led, please leave a review on the podcast feed on Apple Podcast. I would love to see some fresh reviews there and let me know what you think. And I hope you enjoy tonight's episode. So let's get into it, shall we? This is Travel Tips Tuesday. It is October the 20th, 2020. And our topic tonight is all about defunct and paused Disney attractions that are out there right now. So our question of the day runs right along with that. What now defunct or paused Disney attraction and or food item do you miss the most? What now defunct paused Disney attraction and or food item do you miss the most right now? So just to clarify, uh, this question could be something that is no longer in existence anywhere. It could be something that's in existence maybe at some Disney properties, but not all Disney properties. It could be something that's just not available right now because of uh, the current operating standards that Disney has. So, um, you know, there's a lot of different directions you could take with this question go with it, run with it. I want to hear from you. Um, you know, make it fun and let's have a good time tonight. I've already got a list and some of you have already commented a few things, uh, earlier that I'm going to be sharing and I think it'll be fun. So, uh, first though, let's get into to some Disney news. And I posted this earlier today and some of you may have already read this. Some of you may have already heard about this, uh, but I want to expand on, uh, kind of what this means, um, and kind of begin on more of a serious note and then get into more of some of our, some of our, uh, lighter hearted content. Excuse me. Well, I dropped my outline. Hang on just a second. We'll leave that into the podcast, uh, feed that I edit together later. So just cause you know, it's real, it's real anyway. <laughs> so some Disney news came out earlier today. Um, one of the things that's been going on is that Disney has been very intentional all along the way, as far as, um, partnering with, uh, local state, um, kind of, and even, you know, it's kind of city, county, uh, state governmental authorities to make sure as they reopen their properties and, you know, they, they begin to bring back new services and attractions and, you know, those sorts of things, uh, that they do so responsibly and intentionally. We've talked about some of the safety guidelines, uh, as far as facial coverings go, temperature checks, so, you know, social distancing, limiting, uh, you know, attraction, uh, capacities and, and those sorts of things. Um, you know, those are all, you know, going on out there, even at some of the non-park properties, uh, like Disney Springs in Florida, like downtown Disney in California. Um, there are, you know, lots of those different social distancing practices that are currently going on, uh, which is great, you know, and, and they have uh, specific cast members, 
uh, from what I hear that are, you know, helping people, you know, r- remind them um, to, you know, keep their facial coverings and keep, you know, on and in the right way, kind of keep in compliance and those kinds of things. So they're, they're serious about it because, you know, they, they want to operate responsibly, right? They want to um, also provide a place for, uh, you know, people to work. They've had to let go lots of people that we've talked about recently, you know, over 28,000 people. Uh, as a result of everything that they're going on, uh, primarily from from their uh, parks kind of inexperiences uh, department, so it's really disheartening. So one of the things that um, is going on now is this active conversation between uh, the Walt Disney Company, specifically uh, the Disneyland kind of parks and resort area um, is is having an active conversation with the state of California so they could reopen operations because they are still closed. Downtown Disney uh, is open in, in California because it's still called Downtown Disney there, not Disney Springs. Uh, Downtown Disney is open in a very limited capacity and limited way. You know, certain things are open, certain things are not. Uh, but as far as the parks, you know, the place that employs the most amount of people, the place that has the, the, the largest draw to that area of Southern California is closed. So let me go ahead and read this uh, official statement because, you know, I don't like summarizing things if I can help it. So uh, this is a statement from a gentleman by the name of Ken Prop. Potrock, Ken Potrock, that's an amazing name, Ken Potrock. Be like, hey, did you hear what Ken said? Ken who? Ken Potrock. Yeah, it's a cool name. Anyway, he is president of Disney of the Disneyland Resort, and he said this today. We, we so we as in uh, Disney Parks, have proven that we can responsibly open with science-based health and safety protocols strictly enforced at our theme park properties around the world. Nevertheless, the state of California continues to ignore this fact, instead mandating arbitrary guidelines that it knows are unworkable and that hold us to a standard vastly different from other reopened businesses and state-operated facilities. Together with our labor unions, we want to get people back to work, but these state guidelines will keep us shuttered for the foreseeable future, forcing thousands more people out of work, leading to the inevitable closure of small family-owned businesses and irreparably devastating the Anaheim, Southern California community. Now, that statement is not um, a, a summary. It is direct. It is verbatim. And I'm not going to get into politics and stuff like goodness knows we, we don't need to talk more politics right now in our world. We've got an election that's a couple of weeks away. So we don't need to get into that tonight. But all that to say is this. Um, you know, with the with the layoffs, I think it's a huge example that um, they there is such a massive impact to these communities, to these areas of our countries where uh, these theme parks destinations are such a draw. We've talked about how, you know, popular these places are like on a world scale right so i mean the walt disney world resort the the single large like the largest single site employer um in the entire country and it even rivals some places in in the world so um you know it, it employs a lot of people directly but there's also the supply chains there are also the uh you know, the small business, the mom and pop business that are set up around Walt Disney World, set up around the Disneyland Resort. Like all of those things, the supply chains and those other businesses that kind of set up to support that that, uh, experience um, are affected. So it's not just the park's employees. You know, it's it's other things. It's nonprofits, you know, in some cases that depend on donations from, you know, 
from from certain companies that that may have uh, be part of that. So uh, there there are other things to consider other than um, just the immediate say parks. You know, because people look at uh, and I've I've talked to people openly about this before. Um, people look at you know kind of um, you know the Disney parks experience is kind of like one of those things that's an option. And yeah, it is an option. It's not a necessary thing for everybody to go and do. But there are people that depend on um, those experiences for their very livelihood. Uh, people that have made, you know, multi-year, multi-decade careers out of those things, you know, responsible ones, right? I mean, it's work for them. It's work to, to, to be the Disney magic that's out there. And it's something that gives a lot of people a lot of joy, the cast members and the guests alike. So, um, you know, that's that. I just wanted to put that out there. That's just kind of my, you know, opinion on uh, what's going on. I think they should open up. You know, it has been proven, uh, like uh, the Disneyland president has said, it has been proven that they've been able to do so responsibly. Um, to my knowledge, still to this day, no cases of the virus can be traced back to uh, the Walt Disney World parks. Uh, so, you know, they're doing a lot of stuff very well. Um, there's not a lot of there's there's really no room for error at all. There's there's a zero tolerance for noncompliance um, at Walt Disney World. So. Um, just keep those things in mind. Um, you know, Disney World is still an amazing place to go. I had a family go um, today, actually fly down to uh, Walt Disney World. They're staying for several days and they're going to have an amazing time. I've known several other people that are uh, down at Walt Disney World. And uh, also, uh, I'll be going here in a couple of weeks. So I'm hoping to see my buddy Jess as well as some others. So if you're going to be down that way, please let me know. Would love to see and hang out uh, for a little bit while I'm down around the mouse house. So, Let's get into our list. So again, our question of the day, you know, kind of related to the statement from Disney is what now defunct paused Disney attractions and or food items do you miss the most? So, you know, that could be things over at Disneyland or California Adventure that, um, you know, are like you can't get right now. Like the churros at Disneyland, there's something amazing. And like, this is not even like nobody said churros on the list, but I'm going to say it. The Disneyland churros are something else. The corn dogs, somebody did mention the corn dogs at Disneyland. Now, the corn dogs are not the same corn dogs you get at Casey's Corner or the, the other hand-dipped corn dogs that you can now get uh, in the parks at Magic Kingdom as well. They're not the same. It's just something different. It's the water. I, I don't know. Um, but there's something about the churros. They're fresher. They're hotter. They're just... I don't know. They're they're just they just taste better in Disneyland, uh, out out in California. Anyway, some other responses that we got. I'm gonna go to Jess's responses first because he helped me come up with this topic for tonight. Um, rides. So rides. Uh, he said the original Soren. So the Soren over California uh, that is well paused in operation out in California right now. Uh, but Soren over California is different from uh, the Soren attraction that is at Epcot uh, at Walt Disney World right now. So it, it used to be there in that form. The soundtrack is slightly different. The whole theme, uh, you know, the, the attraction structure itself, you know, the screen, the the, the ride vehicles, all those sorts of things are still the same. Uh, but What's different is there's a lot of CGI that is used in the in the uh, video portion of uh, the Soren Around the World attraction in Epcot. So it's it's not a bad experience, but you know the Leaning Tower of Pisa is not supposed to curve like this, right? The Taj Mahal is not supposed to look all wonky towards the top and kind of curve over to one side. So just be aware that you know again it's not bad. It's a really cool experience. I still love going on it. Um, it's a lot of fun to do. Yes, Jess says there is still Patrick Warburton. 
Absolutely. Uh, Patrick, <laughs> Patrick Warburton in the, uh, he's kind of the, does the sort of, uh, ride, uh, safety pre-show, uh, before you go into the actual, uh, ride attraction space. So, um, the Patrick Warburton video, there's a lot of memes and gifs or gifs, however you say that out there of him. Um, so it's pretty great. Um, also, uh, shows in live entertainment, Spectrum Magic. Uh, Jess mentioned that in 2009, um, that was his very first parade to see uh, when uh, I think he was, a, he was a cast member back then and uh, loved it. Spectrum Magic was an amazing parade. Uh, my buddy David Dollar that used to have a podcast called the Magic on a Dollar Podcast um, now has uh, another podcast that again, actually uses some of the uh, another Disney-based podcast uh, that uses some of the um, kind of the, the graphic themes and even some music that's very similar to his intro and outro for his intro and outro for his show. So if you want to look up a really cool podcast, uh, look up the the Disney podcast by David Dollar that's out there. Um, it's really good. A lot of great content. It will put a smile on your face. David's an amazing guy um, and, and, a, and a good friend, good Disney friend too. Also, Justice response for food, uh, the pot roast mac and cheese from Friars Nook over at Magic Kingdom. Oh, man. The pot roast mac and cheese. Now, you can ask my wife. I'm not the biggest fan of mac and cheese, which is like, wait a minute. You're a southern boy. Now, now hold on. Mac and cheese. Now, I like mac and cheese okay, but not as like a whole meal. However... You put pot roast on top of it. You put, uh, you know, pulled pork, something like that on top of it. You mix it all together. There's something that's magical about that. I will say the mac and cheese at 50s uh, primetime uh, cafe or diner, rather, over at uh, Hollywood Studio, Disney's Hollywood Studios is really, really good. So if you haven't tried it there, it's good stuff. All right, some other responses. And some of these, um, I'll try to get to most of them that I saw. Uh, I may not get to everyone that responded on the feed earlier. Um, but if you want to respond now, feel free to do that. I see some of you have been doing that as we've been going along already. I'll scroll back in the comments in just a few uh, to check those. Uh, but again, the question of the day is, what now defunct paused Disney attraction and or food item do you miss the most? So number one, um, the, the first thing that was mentioned was the great movie ride. And this was brought up more than one time. Now the great movie ride was a really, really, really fun attraction. And there, you know, there hasn't been really a specific reason, you know, that was mentioned, uh, as to why this attraction was pulled. Um, kind of common sense or what if you do the legwork and research it'll tell you that some of the licensing agreements to uh, you know use some of those intellectual properties that were not disney's but basically they were licensed for a certain period of time um, those agreements ended and they were you know not renewed for one reason or another um, and you know there's a big push kind of for uh, you know mickey Minnie at the time sort of going back to uh, sort of this classic idea of these two characters and you know sort of what that means for uh, disney parks and experiences and with the then 90th birthday celebration for Mickey and Minnie it made sense. Hey, let's do the first themed Mickey and Minnie uh, attraction. So Mickey and Minnie's runner, Runaway Railway is right there in that same show building uh, behind the Chinese in the Chinese theater show building that's there where the great movie ride was. was. So, you know, there's a lot of history there, uh, but that is a specific attraction I have not been on yet. I hope to in a couple of weeks. That'll be a lot of fun to do, but, you know, we'll see. Um, I know it's a pretty good one from what I hear, so. I'm excited about it. It's a great movie ride classic. Takes you right into the middle of the kind of movies, what it feels like to sort of be behind the scenes on a set. 
um, you know, not so much immersed in the movie itself, but really what it likes, what it's like to be there while it's being done in, in certain ways. So, uh, the second thing is the sorcerer Mickey hat, and I can't remember who said this specifically. Now, for some people, the sorcerer Mickey hat at what was you know MGM that's now Disney's Hollywood Studios, that hat was a point of contention for a lot of people because it was just kind of there right in front of the Chinese theater and it sort of blocked this amazing, beautiful building. And for some people it was an eyesore, like they didn't like it. They didn't, you know, so eventually, yes, it was taken down. It was, it made way for the Chinese theater. Once again, uh, for a while, the sorcerer's hat was the official park icon. At one point it was the earful tower that is no longer there. At one point it was the Chinese theater. Now the park icon at Disney's Hollywood studios is the tower of terror. And it's been that way for uh, a little while now. So shout out to my friends at the Tower of Terror. Number three on this list, and these are not like a top list. This is just sort of kind of going down as people respond to the taco salad at Pecos Bill. Man, look, the taco salad at Pecos Bill, that self, those self-serve toppings, and all those wonderful things you get, it's, it's, it's pretty good. Fresh. It's just wonderful, wonderful stuff. The sourdough Mickey, uh, Mickey head was another uh, wonderful snack option. The turkey pesto club sandwich, fried chicken at the Plaza Inn. Now look. When you think of Walt Disney World and you think of fine, wonderful, delicious cuisine, you're not always going to think of fried chicken as kind of your first response. But there are a lot of places, a lot of places around around Walt Disney World property where you can get some good fried chicken. And I'm not just talking like, you know, you go to the grocery store, plop a pre-breaded, you know, chicken breast in the in the fryer or whatever and you got it you know two minutes later i mean this is stuff that's you know hand battered and fried and uh it's just delicious stuff anywhere from the plaza inn like was mentioned uh to olivia's cafe over old key west uh they have the southern uh fried chicken that is delicious there uh also over at uh, 50s prime time they've got some good fried chicken there so a lot of different places at Disney where if you love your fried chicken, especially if you're coming from another country and you want to try um, something that is more, I guess, culturally relevant to, uh, you know, this particular area of the country in the southeast, check out the fried chicken. Um, it's good stuff. Uh, also, number seven, the Disneyland corn dog. We talked about those earlier. There's something amazing about those Disneyland corn, corn dogs, the Monte Cristo sandwich that you can get out there. And number nine, I'm surprised that somebody did not say this earlier on uh, in the responses, but that is the very classic Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, which is unfortunately not in existence at Walt Disney World, but you can find it over at Disneyland when it's open. So there's that caveat that's there. So Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, it's a fun um, it's, it's a fun little ride. I mean, it kind of tells the stories you go. The show building is, is really neat. Uh, I like the way that it's laid, uh, that's laid out. And then number 10 following that is Snow White's Scary Adventures. So the original Snow White Scary Adventures that uh, was at Magic Kingdom. So there are there have been varying versions of this particular attraction at several of the Disney theme parks worldwide. Um, but this was where the original version of this attraction came from. So, you know, a lot of attractions that were in uh, Disney World or that are in Disney World or were at some point uh, were, you know, copies somewhat of attractions that were in Disneyland. Not all of them. Some of them are almost completely different versions. Uh, like, for example, Pirates of the Caribbean is uh, a very long attraction, probably close to 15 minutes, I think, at Disneyland out in California. But at Disney World, it's much shorter than that. Uh, but the, and the attraction has a slightly different feel to it. So you'll get, you, there'll be familiarity kind of in both places, but you'll experience something new at the same time, I think. Um, also, number 11, and I want to be very specific here, the Mad, Mad Tea 
party at California Adventure. And you're probably saying to yourself, the teacups are not at California Adventure. They're at Magic Kingdom at Disneyland or Disney World, and they're at Disneyland Park out in California. Well, you would be correct. But when I say Mad Tea Party, that's Mad, the letter T, party, uh, this is a nighttime event. So if you're familiar with some of the after-hours parties, this kind of had that sort of flavor to it. And this took place uh, around the release of Tim Burton's live-action Alice in Wonderland uh, movie, and it was brought back briefly for the 60th anniversary uh, the diamond you know celebration for Disneyland Park out in California. So it was a fun event that a lot of people look forward to um, where you can just kind of get back, relax and have a good time. So um, a lot of people loved that one. So I'm going to scroll back in the comments here real quick. So excuse me for those of you that are watching live and you've moved the mic here uh, and I'm going to kind of take a look. The mic sort of flops around. I had to tighten down earlier, but anyway, here we go. Um, I'm going to look at some of the comments. Toontown at Disney World, yes, Hope. Something about Toontown at Disney World. Um, miss watching the cake bake in Minnie's oven. That was kind of fun, wasn't it? So uh, wh what do you think, Hope? I'm just curious, like Toontown versus New Fantasyland, some of the stuff that's there now. I'm just curious what your opinions are if you want to share those tonight with us. So I'm going to scroll back. A lot of you have been commenting. Um, Hope did say Mr. Toad's Wild Ride earlier on. As a kid, it was her favorite. Uh, Jess Watson said, kind of going outside the Disneyverse, Knott's Berry Farm and Universal Hollywood are closed until further notice as well. Yes, they are, um, which is unfortunate. So they're kind of following the same steps that Disney is taking. Um, Hope says uh, something. Oh, here we go. Uh, Hope says that something else she misses uh, when it was... Uh, when it was her kids, well, say when your kids, anybody's kids, first time ever to Disney and you were staying at a resort, Disney used to deliver a big basket of goodies to the room. This is true. Uh, stuffed Mickey, Minnie, um, signed pictures, snacks. Uh, it no longer magically happens like that. And she thinks that is sad. A Kissford's time experience is their only first time once. And you are absolutely true, Hope. Um, you know, that is something like with with kids, you know, having young kids myself, and I know you understand this as well uh, as, as a parent. Um, those first trips are very special, uh, regardless if they're, you know, a baby or if they're grown, it doesn't matter. And what, what, whatever age you are, that first trip is special. I absolutely agree with you on that. And I do my best as a travel planner to help out and, and make sure my clients have a special experience. Um, come back and go back to justice, justice, Patrick Warburton, uh, comment. So if you don't, if you don't know who Patrick Warburton is, um, you haven't been to Disney, haven't been on that attraction, just. Google it, find a YouTube video, you'll you'll get it when you see it. Um, yep, the Sorcerer's Hat did have a pin shop underneath uh, over at Hollywood Studios. Um, so the fried chicken at Grand Flow Cafe is awesome. So it's another great spot for fried chicken at Disney. There should be an episode. So my friends over at the official sort of Travelmation podcast. So if you want to follow another Disney podcast that's out there, uh, several agents from uh, Travelmation, the company that I'm affiliated with, have their own. Um, they started recently, like a few months ago um, during the pandemic, they started their own podcast. So, um, you know, I'm associated with them. This is like the main Travelmation podcast that I'm talking about. They have um, a, a great show that's done really well. And they had one show where they talked all about food. And uh, they spent a lot of time talking about steak. But you know what? I'm just saying. We could spend a lot of time talking about fried chicken. It's some good stuff. Come on now. All right. Um, so yeah, a lot of great responses tonight. Again, this is a great topic. And, uh, you know, I think it, it can kind of help us... Um, it can help us sort of 
uh, you know, get through times like this. You know, I talk all the time about how important memories are uh, when when you make them and sort of people's why behind why they travel. And, you know, I think a lot of these things that we're naming, these attractions that are no longer, these attractions that have been paused and some of these food items, they bring out, they bring back some of these memories, right? Um, they elicit some of these, um, you know, responses that we have in our hearts and our minds and some of these amazing experiences that we had when we were kids. Uh, my friend Alicia Nelson, who just hopped on tonight, commented 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. So uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea is not in existence in Disney World anymore. It's not officially in existence in Disneyland, uh, though the subs are still running and it runs it as, as a different attraction uh, out of Disneyland in California. Um, but 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, like it was something amazing about that. Like for me as a kid, like I'm going in an actual submarine that's going underwater. I'm going to see what it looks like underwater and like the story, the effects, all that kind of stuff. It was scary. It was, it was adventurous. It was fun. Um, it was something really, really cool about that uh, attraction uh, that I think was very unique. Um, and, you know, I understand why it, it was pulled, but at the same time, um, I think there's something very unique about that particular one. So, like, for me, these attractions elicit all sorts of amazing memories and, and experiences from my own life when I was a kid, but also kind of that, that transfers forward to a little bit that helps me think more intentionally about, okay, well, what's it like when my family goes to Walt Disney World? What's it like when, you know, my clients who have young children are, are traveling to Disney for the first time, or maybe they're going as, as grown adults and they're going for the first time. You know, I, I had a friend, um, or a friend, Facebook friend, somebody that I follow on social media that, um, you know, I think it may have been their first time. Uh, they might have gone when they were younger. But uh, anyway, I went to high school with this person, and they went recently, and she, she messaged me or commented. I can't remember. She, she was like, you know, I finally get why you like this place so much. So some people kind of look like, you know, I'm crazy. But, um, you know, you go in it with the right attitude and right expectations. You can have an amazing time uh, and create some incredible, incredible, incredible memories. So, um, you know, I want to uh, just go ahead and say thank you to everybody that's been listening to Travel Tips Tuesday. Uh, I will hopefully have a very, very, very exciting guest announcement for you uh, next week or maybe sometime between now and then. I'm working out some of the details right now. Um, but let's just say if you are a fan of the sort of what I like to call the uh, modern classic era of Disney animation. You may want to be present for this episode here in a couple of weeks. And when we're working out some of the details. Uh, also, I still have a really special guest plan for episode number 100, uh, which should be the last Tuesday of November, Thanksgiving week. Um, you'll be able to hopefully tune in for that. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Got some guests coming on soon. And, you know, if y'all have any topics or suggestions for future episodes, please, 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 uh, let me know, uh, send me a message on Facebook, send me an email, uh, and let's get in touch with luck. We'd love to talk to you more about Travel Tips Tuesday. So thank you again to Jess for uh, helping out tonight and uh, guiding the conversation a little bit. Appreciate your input as always. Thank you to everybody else that dropped in on Travel Tips Tuesday. And we will see you again real soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Travel Tips Tuesday. We'll be back next week with another episode. See you then.